welcome to the latest Smart Cities World podcast, where today our guests are Liz St. Louis, Director of Smart Cities at Sunderland City Council, and David Conway, Director of Technical Services at Sunderland University. Together, we're going behind the scenes of the City of Sunderland's bid to provide ubiquitous connectivity across its communities, how it's got to where it has, and the partner network that's enabled such swift progress. Liz, David, thank you very much indeed for joining us on the Smart Cities World podcast today. Before we jump in, it'd be great to get an introduction from each of you about what you do, your roles, where you currently are, and and how you got there. Liz, we'll start with you. Okay, good afternoon. Uh, I'm Liz St. Louis. I'm our Director of Smart Cities and Enabling Services at Sunderland City Council. Uh, So I run our Smart City programme on behalf of the council. I know we'll get into the detail of that in a little while. Uh, I've spent most of my career working in local government, uh, always in transformation and digital type roles. Uh, and, and a really exciting role that I've got here today. Marvellous. And David? Well, thank you. Good afternoon. My name is David Conway. Um, I've been in the education sector now for a little over 30 years. Uh, I'm currently Deputy Director at the University of Sunderland with responsibility for our technical services uh, and for the purposes of this podcast, responsibility for delivering our smart campus transformation. Excellent. Well, we'll get into that. Um, the, the first thing I wanted to, to ask each of you really um, is about Sunderland's primary goals as a, as a smart city. What falls under the smart city remit and Liz, your remit specifically, I suppose, as, as part of that? What is it you're trying to achieve? And then David, we'll come to you to find out how the kind of smart, smart campus really fits into that as well. I mean, for us, I think it's quite simple. You know, we absolutely value the the benefits that digital infrastructure brings to the city. So for us, it's about implementing that digital infrastructure, a whole network of networks, so that we can layer a whole range of digital, of data solutions on top of that to make Sunderland a great place to live, work and play. And in doing so, making sure that we leave no one and nowhere behind on our journey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that inclusivity piece is just so, so important and has become, feels like it's become even more so since we kind of came through the pandemic, that it's a period in, in, a, in our very recent history, which really highlighted quite a lot of social, social inequities um, and really trying to bridge those gaps now um, is, is absolutely, absolutely crucial. So, David, it would be good to hear from you as well how your work kind of fits into this. And from an education perspective as well, I mean, equal access to education and, and equitable education is a, is a huge, huge thing and a really important part of any kind of smart cities makeup and, and ecosystem. Absolutely. So there's a few things about that. As a anchor institution in Sunderland, uh, we have a student population of about 30,000 at any time. Uh, Some of them are permanent citizens and some of them are with us for a number of years uh, as they study and then move on. Part of the interest that we have is around what Liz has already talked about and that whole connectivity that we have around our cities through the various different networks and what that offers to our uh, students, our staff and our visitors as they move around the city. But it also then forms part of what we offer um, in our programs in the university and how we can weave smart city, smart campus, um, things like 5G and Internet of Things into our programs, whether that's programs in our medical school, in our school of technology, or whether it's other areas such as uh, esports. 
Um, and then obviously we have lots of partners um, in industry and business who want to work with us on research and being part of that smart city and working collaboratively uh, with our colleagues uh, gives us a real platform to deliver that. Yeah, for sure. We've worked with Sunderland uh, a little bit over the la- and, the, and the council over the last sort of year, 18 months to find out more about, you know, this real kind of foundation of connectivity across the city to really enable some of these, some of these initiatives and, and programs. And it is from a UK perspective, it feels very unique. Um, feels like there's a genuine joined up approach here. Um, not just for the council, but for its, its partners as well. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to that kind of partner network as well as we go through. Um, but I wanted to ask really, and it's, it, it feels like a, um, kind of basic question, but to understand for each of you, um, you know, how those primary goals as a smart city and as an education campus as well, how those primary goals have been formed and how you're tracking your kind of progress towards meeting them, especially around that connectivity piece um, when it comes to making sure that these services and these initiatives are keep are getting and keeping people connected throughout the city. Yeah, I mean, happy to start there, David. We we formed our, our Smart City programme a little over four years ago now. And when we formed our, our programme, we came together as city partners, the health, the education and the business sectors all came together. In fact, it was at your campus, wasn't it, David, at Sunderland University, where we spent two days uh, in a workshop together, really understanding uh, our digital ambitions as partners within the city, both for our individual organisations, but then for the city as a whole and what those success measures would look like and how we could start to go about achieving that success. So I think everything that we've been doing has been grounded in terms of that partnership and in terms of understanding that for us, ubiquitous connectivity, really, really key right across the city. Um, Everything from underpinning fibre connectivity then into wireless, whether that's cellular, whether that's super fast Wi-Fi, whether that's LoRaWAN, whether that's now, you know, 5G, etc but facilitating then a whole range of use cases and for us in Sunderland you know every sector and every vertical is important from health and social care to transport to advanced manufacturing to education to you know events and like I say that really important piece as well about leaving no one and nowhere behind so a really strong digital inclusion program now again working in partnership with our city partners that's really starting to deliver for us in the city. Absolutely. And David, from from your perspective as well. So obviously, everybody in our city needs connectivity, um, no more than our students who are attending university, who are working and living in our city, um, and all of the partners that we have joining us uh, throughout the year. Um, One of the things that we've been able to do through partnership with the city is to make sure that the connectivity that we have as an institution, an HE institution, it pervades right the way across the city and we're busy working on that now. And we think uh, in terms of the level of connectivity that we can deliver in collaboration with the city means that we're going to be one of the first cities, uh, certainly in the UK, to deliver that level of connectivity for our, for our staff, for our students and for our visitors. Yeah, I mean, that's so, so important. And the more this work continues and that ubiquitous connectivity becomes genuinely ubiquitous as well, the more the city and the surrounding area is going to become a destination for this kind of this kind of thing, um, which is pretty impressive and no bad thing for local economy either. 
I also wanted to ask, Liz, you mentioned this, you know, nowhere and no one left behind and this idea of digital inclusivity, which has just become more and more important. Um, I wanted to ask about the processes that the council has been following really to keep people aware over the duration of this process so far about the smart city work, how it's been engaging them, having them be active participants in the process as well. Um, particularly around any concerns that they might have around privacy or security or anything like that. Yeah, no, it's absolutely incredibly important that we take, you know, our um, residents, our businesses, you know, people that come and uh, use our services on the journey with us. So we've put a lot of emphasis and uh, emphasis and effort on that communications piece, but also that true engagement piece. So we can communicate more widely on our smart city ambitions, on some of the things we're doing as a smart city, but particularly with many of the use cases, then there's very, very specific engagement with those particular community groups. So, for instance, with things around assistive technologies for social care, very, very um, detailed consultation and engagement with those families, uh, with those individuals that are benefiting from that um, assistive care. And um, all of that is around consent and people consenting to have equipment in the home and consenting to us using that data and understanding the data uh, that those sensors are giving us to provide better care for those individuals. Um, all the way through to something that we're doing at the moment, we're creating a a, a citywide app to benefit all those that are use, utilizing our, our free Wi-Fi. Uh, and for that, again, we've been consulting with all of our local partners, with local businesses, with local residents to understand the kinds of things they would like to see uh, through that app. Uh, so that's really important to us and, and making sure that we account for people's uh you know, needs for people's fears, for people's wants as we go on this journey. So when we started looking at uh, at our free super fast Wi-Fi and really massively expanding that, one of the things people told us was that they were frightened about what, you know, um, the privacy of their information and data if they were doing internet banking, etc., um, so we purposely badged and joined with friendly Wi-Fi, who, as you know, credit uh, people such as us that are providing Wi-Fi services as a seal of approval, that they have tested it, they have verified it. Um, so that was a direct way of us saying to our residents, we know this is a concern, we've listened, and this is what we've done as a result. So I think that's incredibly important. It's, it's you know, a pivotal role that we have being custodians of our, of our residents, of our service users' data, and we take those responsibilities really, really seriously. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is is critically important and, and david how does that extend into the university as well um because there's a kind of juicy of care that goes with that i suppose absolutely yeah so uh everything that liz has already just said uh but obviously extending our uh, secure network which is a which is a global network called edgerome which all he institutions across the world can use and access um, we can extend that secure network into the city across all of our campuses for our students, staff and visitors. Um, and we take um, that incredibly seriously. Uh, the, the security element uh, for, for any large network uh, must come um, to, the, to the fore. Um, and it's also really important to us that we have equality, diversity and inclusion running all the way through that. So um, all of our students, all of our staff, all of our visitors get equality of access. Um, and we can leverage off the back of everything that the city has done in terms of security, but also everything that's done at JISC with that edge network. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's 
I mean, yeah, I miss edgy Rome. <laughs> but sometimes when you're, you know, you're in a big city, you see it pop up as a as a network uh, when you're just sat, and you know actually that the quality of that connection is going to be excellent. If only, <laughs> if only you were, you know. 10, 10 years younger. But. Yeah, it, gives you, it gives you a level of trust, though, as well, doesn't it? Sure. When, you, when you go to a city and you can connect to a network that uh, you are authenticated against and that you know you can trust, whether whether you're uh, your home institution or they're elsewhere, it gives you that level of trust. And what we're also doing, again, in true partnership and working with David and colleagues, we're making sure that the big, super-fast Wi-Fi footprint we have across the city centre and our beachfront uh, integrates fully with Edgyrone, so students have a seamless experience. So, you know, whether people arrive by bus into one of our car parks, jump off the train, they can connect immediately and stay connected and for students be part of that Edgyrone secure network wherever they traverse across our our city centre. Not only do you know that it's secure and you know a great connection, but it's that user experience as well that's uh, that's so important. Um, and and knowing that that's going to kind of hold and stay true um, regardless of where you are in the city, uh, it is something that a lot of cities can strive for. But it takes the right the right partnerships to be able to do that, um, which. Um, is the thing that we want to talk about next really is that collaborative working to be able to establish this kind of a thing throughout a city. So really understanding what kind of partnerships the city has developed in its smart city work today. Um, but, and also finding out a bit more about the importance of finding local partners, uh, those that are an active part of the community, like the university to push those goals forward as well. I mean, it's all based on on a partnership approach, as I said, right from the outset with our city partners, but quite clearly on a journey such as ours and with the vision and ambition that we had, we knew we couldn't do it without some, some, you know, a, a whole ecosystem really of different partners to help us. So we've we've gathered a number of, of those folks as we've been on our journey, people, you know, such as City Fibre, Virgin Media that partner with us and help us in the city around our, our underpinning fibre needs. We went out to a competitive dialogue procurement exercise at the end of November 2020, a 10-month exercise where we procured a 20-year strategic joint venture partner to help us with all of our wireless and our smart city ambitions. And we awarded that contract to Bolden Networks, uh, formerly BAI Communications. And that's great. We're coming up to two years into that partnership and we've we've really hit the ground running and made some incredible progress. More latterly, we've partnered with people like Microsoft, who we signed a memorandum of understanding with uh, last month. And they're again helping us now uh, progress that journey. And as you've said, Luke, you know, our small and medium enterprise community in the city, incredibly important to us. Um, so people like Bolden uh, do uh, work a lot with local suppliers. They know the patch. They understand the areas. Um, but also we're really lucky in Sunderland. We have a local office of the Digital Catapult that works out of our software centre. And we've worked extensively as well with Digital Catapult. Um, so always looking for opportunities. In fact, just last year, we ran our first 5G IoT accelerator in the city. And we were really pleased to sponsor 10 early stage startups uh, with very different um, products and services they wanted to bring to market. Uh, and they've now um, taken taken space with us in the city and are, are supporting, we're supporting them with the development of their products. So 
you know, we really do welcome a huge and diverse ecosystem. Um, but again, coming back to the strength of the city partners ourselves, we work extensively together with the, whether that's with David and the university, whether that's with our health sector or indeed with people like, you know, Nissan or people like uh, Sunderland Football Club, for instance, who we're working with as well at the moment. So um, great opportunity for, for partnership working. Mm, absolutely. And really interesting to hear as well how with a, you know, with a huge long term partner like like Bowden now, um, how that work extends into other parts of the community and into other partners as well that you are involved with. David, from your side, how does that kind of process look and how does that work? Okay, so in terms of um, the partners, we're involved with obviously uh, the city, but Baldwin Networks as they are now. And it's fair to say that as a university, we couldn't have developed the facilities that we have without that partnership. Um, it's not something you could just do by yourself. Um, we've done quite a lot around extending our external Wi-Fi, pushing that across the city. But we've also um, engaged in a, the development of a 5G test lab um, on our campus. And what that allows us to do now uh, is go out and talk to local industries and small businesses and bring those in as partners as well to develop real use cases for IoT and 5G, which will actually make a difference in people's lives as we move forward. And again, just to reiterate, that's nothing something you can do just by yourself. We've got access to the Lorawan, which I'm sure Liz will tell us a little bit about later, uh, that extensive network. Uh, we've got our own 5G facility. Uh, for full testing and we have that entire connectivity so whether we then want to work with the NHS or as Liz said the football club Nissan all those partners in research um, it gives us that platform and it's interesting that the university is sort of uh, a micro city in the middle of a large much larger city in Sunderland so it also gives the opportunity to um, test um, proof of concept things in the university which then can be used on a much wider scale that's such an important kind of thing and space to to have and it's something that we're definitely seeing happen more in cities this kind of living lab approach to really make the most of the capabilities that exist within within the city and the further i suppose you're able to extend that partner network beyond you know those close to you but also keeping things as local as you can. It's going to truly serve the community that these solutions are being designed for. That's it's such an important thing. How much does that really factor into the partners that you that you choose um, and the partners that you look to look to bring into these sorts of projects? I think for David and I, with the organisations that we work for, social value elements of our procurements are incredibly important. We always look for partners that are going to give back to our communities, um, You know, whether that's through creating apprenticeships, creating work experience opportunities, going in and working with uh, charitable organisations across the city. So it is really important for us. And I think a lot of our work as well is about trying to get right to the heart of local communities. We've just been really successful in uh, bidding for, for monies from UK Shared Prosperity. So we will be creating now 24 community and digital hubs uh, right across the city in within the heart of our communities. And that's equipping uh, voluntary and community sector organisations, 
putting the right digital fabric in there, the right infrastructure, and then being able to now layer a whole host of digital inclusion, but also social prescribing services to really help people. And again, working with the university in terms of some of that provision and certainly the research elements and evaluation elements of that work as well. I also want to ask as a bit of an extension of that, how uh, really to, to what extent having that right kind of digital fabric and foundation underlying anything really that, that's going to happen in the city from, from, from now on, how that impacts and enables progress on other areas of, of the, the city's kind of uh, goals and strategies, whether that's sustainability and kind of climate or or extending right out to digital economy, really? Yeah, I think incredibly important. And, you know, David, the university obviously do their research, have their view. But, you know, for us, we live in a digital world. You know, everything is underpinned by digital. And and we see the advancements that we've made having a significant and profound impact on everything from improving healthcare to improving education to bringing in inward investment, you know, to creating enterprise within the city. and and on it goes. Uh, it's it, you know interesting there. You mentioned sustainability. As cities were all striving for net zero. Um, we've just released uh, an initiative across our Laura One network that David mentioned earlier, and that's about putting a whole host of energy efficiency mechanisms within our building that run across our Laura One. That's immediately to lower energy costs for us, but really importantly for longer term decarbonisation and planning. Um, a lot of the initiatives that run across the LoRaWAN, whether it's smart bins or um, Legionella water monitoring or monitoring of live boys and throw lines, all of that um, uh, removes the need for people to be driving around the city in vans and, you know, makes makes us much more productive as a local authority workforce. And, and these initiatives, these um, projects are all projects that will not just benefit the local authority, but benefit the university, benefit the hospital benefit private sector organizations and you know that's that's what we're doing now we're sharing that learning and 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 sharing uh, the products and services that we create to to benefit the whole city yeah for sure uh, david how how does that kind of weigh up against your your experience as well yeah absolutely so we're benefiting from all of that uh, at the moment obviously down on our sunland um, riverside campus uh, we're busy with about 100 million pounds worth of development in that space, um, redeveloping our campus to look at things which would be carbon neutral, um, net zero, and um, a lot of the things that Liz has just talked about. You know, all that stuff about Legionella, uh, some of the wayfinding stuff, some security elements, uh, all feed into a campus which is uh, easier to navigate. It feels more secure, um, and it's more effective and efficient for us as a business. Uh, and that's really important to us. We've got a lot of buildings, not as many as the uh, city has, city council has, but we, we've got a lot of buildings to look after. And um, that takes a lot of effort. And this technology can help us massively in that space. Um, one of the things that um, I'm really interested to push forward on now as well is that wayfinding bit that I mentioned, making sure that our um, people who visit our city, people who visit our university, can easily find their way around the city. We help them, we guide them, rather than um, just having them having to find their own way. Um, and we can point them at services, we can point them at events, 
Um, and all of that just goes to, to show that um, Sunderland is far in advance of many other cities uh, in the space at the moment. It feeds into what we kind of briefly discussed earlier on in that kind of placemaking setup um, and becoming, you know, becoming a venue, becoming a location that is ready uh, to to deliver that kind of a, an experience. And that's really important for people who live in the city, people who visit the city, people who work in the city. As you said, uh, David, about wanting to kind of push that as as the next kind of big thing that the city is 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 working on and focused on. I wanted to ask about you know what does come next in terms of what we've spoken about here. Uh, what are the upcoming priorities and the kind of smart city roadmap for the next few years? But also to understand against that as well, how much flexibility is built into that based on the feedback that you get uh from citizens um and from visitors people who live work and play in the city how much flexibility is built into what that roadmap looks like now compared to what direction people who actually exist in the city might want to might want to see yeah i mean i think for us it's you know we always say it's never about tech for tech's sake it's about solving a real world problem it's about realizing a real world opportunity and they present themselves every single day to us from a variety of sources and um, i think we're really early on in our smart city journey you know that's why we went out for a 20 year strategic partnership it takes a long time to to truly develop a smart city so for us It's about pushing on with our goal for that ubiquitous connectivity across the city. We do have a LoRaWAN that covers the whole 153 kilometres square of Sunderland. So that covers the whole patch. But clearly, you know, we've got ambitions to roll out free Wi-Fi much, much wider uh, to benefit our our local residents and and businesses and visitors. Uh, You know, further instances of 5G, which we're developing and rolling out, but just a whole host of use cases. We've talked about some really simple kind of public sector uh, productivity use cases around IoT, health and social care, massive landscape. You know, Sunderland's huge in advanced manufacturing, home to Nissan and a a huge supply chain. So many uh, uh, productivity improvements and digitization opportunities there. Uh, We're currently piloting in the city two autonomous vehicle deployments, one within logistics and one within passenger transport as well. Um, But basically, I mean, every day presents a new opportunity. And I think what we've built is a really flexible framework, flexible partnerships, a can-do attitude. Um, But actually, like I say, never about text for text sake. It is about making a difference. And we always ensure that we answer that so what question as we're embarking on new on new things. David, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really important that that it's the fact that it's not tech for tech's sake is important to us because previously projects like this may have been uh, just in a for a university, for example, just in a faculty of technology or computing, uh, engineering. We're we're far in advance of that now, uh, particularly with this partnership, and we're we're looking at what can be done in our health sciences and well being. We're looking at arts and the creative industries and how how that can become involved and how that uses IoT. Um, we're talking about business law and tourism, for example, and what that means about um, attracting people to Sunderland and how, how that can develop more programs around that. And then obviously into areas such as education and society and the difference that it makes. And I think the key um, around all of this is that we can now start to look at those applications, which, as Liz said, make a real difference in people's lives. This is not just theory. It's not just research, which is um, done and sits on a shelf. 
It's about impacting our citizens in Sunderland and beyond. I'm really pleased that we've had the opportunity to to do this um, and really get both sides of the story um, at, at once, you know, from a local authority perspective and from the university perspective as a partner of the city as well. It's two sides of the same coin and a really kind of unique chance to be able to tell that story all, all at once, which is which is great. And of course, you know, the further this work goes, the more it progresses, the more partners and local partners that are added into this kind of ecosystem and network, the more advanced the city's going to be, the more welcoming it's going to be. Um, and it's, uh, it's a, it, feel, it feels just speaking to both of you like a, like a really special thing that's, uh, that's happening in the city. Um, I think that comes through really clearly. Um, so I wanted to thank you both so much for, for joining me on the, on the pod. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks again to Liz and David for taking part in the podcast here. Sunderland's is a brilliant story of a burgeoning smart city that really has citizens at the heart of it. And as we've heard from Liz and David, inclusivity is a huge part of that, ensuring that no one and nowhere gets left behind. We'll be back with a new episode soon, but in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and to make sure you don't miss out on the latest city news, become a Smart Cities World member today for free. Thanks for listening and see you next time.